1: You're about to listen to a We Are LA Tech remix episode, where we present to you a curated selection of impactful clips from previous episodes that you may have missed. And be sure to follow the links in the show notes to listen to the full episodes.
2: I'm Alex Bloomberg, host of the podcast Startup, and you're listening to We Are LA Tech.
0: My name is Espri Devora, born and raised LA, and I created We Are LA Tech in 2012 to unify the community. Podcast launched in 2014, continuing to help people find the best talent to connect with each other to form awesome relationships. So proud of this show. Enjoy.
2: Hey, this is Mike Elias, founder of Idea Market. We're building the credibility layer of the internet. I'm based in Pasadena. I want to see a world where when the public needs the world's best information about something, let's say a crisis hits, like like a pandemic, for example, instead of looking for the most authoritative opinions and sources of information, like the CDC, the New York Times, we as a culture should be looking for the most valuable information. We should be looking for what's underrated. And this is what markets are already designed to do. This is what people are already accustomed to using markets to do. I want to kind of merge these two worlds of information and finance in that way and get people thinking along these lines. I expect it will produce far better results in terms of getting people the information they need in a way that doesn't depend on media corporation schedules and preferences.
0: I mean, what would you say are, are the blocks in getting there right now? What are some of the challenges you're experiencing and how can we support you in, as a community in overcoming those?
2: The notion of creating a new asset class around credibility and information is a completely open field. We actually are just eating humble pie right now because I figured, all right, we built the world's first market for credibility and information. Uh, Therefore, it's going to completely work the way I want it to. And it didn't. So we kind of had to change things around a lot. And now our approach is much more experimental in the sense that we're not really sure what the exact implementation of this idea is gonna look like. We're just pretty sure it's in this direction. So it's it's a wide open field and that's, that's, that's part of the struggle.
0: And you have a podcast too, tell us about your podcast.
2: Sure, uh, the Idea Market podcast, uh, we interview people and ask basically what they are uh, long and short on. What are the low hanging fruit of the informational world? What kinds of little bits of knowledge would improve people's lives drastically. If only they knew this one little thing. Um, we also kind of talk about our own industry, specifically the intersection between epistemology and tech, the way that we can build infrastructure for making sense of the world in more effective ways than we do now.
0: I'm curious when you talked about that you've raised money, were you able to raise in Los Angeles or was that outside of a LA? Because so many people talk about how the LA VC and angel ecosystem isn't as strong as it could be. What was your experience in that?
2: Yeah, the the crypto industry lives primarily on Twitter, as far as I can tell. And so a lot of our investor connections came from there and it came from successful launches. It's really quite as, as global and as remote as the company itself. So I'm afraid I don't have particular insight about the LAVC culture.
0: So you definitely did not tap into LA in order to raise the bucks. <laughs> <laughs> Seems like that's a story I hear pretty often. It's, it's disappointing. we got to do something as a city to improve it. What resources do you tap into here in, in L.A. that have really helped you? Have there been any?
2: Yeah, for example, uh, you asked in the, in the pre-interview what my favorite hike is. And uh, my favorite hike is actually not quite a hike, but I love to stroll through Huntington Gardens, which is incredibly beautiful a botanical garden and my wife really likes plants so she she took me there and i was like oh my goodness i had no idea that a zoo for plants could be so fascinating and peaceful so we're members now and we go uh on the pretty frequently and uh, it's just a a great place to kind of get out of the feeling of bustle and concrete and cityness and and reconnect with nature and it's really uh you know a valuable and refreshing and serene kind of a place
0: We don't really think of resources as places to recalibrate our brains, but that is indeed very important and very true. And I love that you answered it that way. What are some other places that you recommend in LA? Like what's your favorite place to eat here? You talked about your Chinese food place.
2: Yes, one of the reasons I love Pasadena in general is that there's just an eclectic mix of food. They seem to really just care about food a lot here. And my other favorite Pasadena restaurant is Gus's Barbecue which uh, is the kind of place that just feels like it's a hundred years old and feels like BB King should be playing blues in the corner of it or something like that. It's just got a lot of character and a lot of heart and some of the best cornbread and beef ribs that you know, a man could ever ask for. It's awesome.
3: Hi everyone, this is Rita Munira. I am the co-founder and chief operating officer of Authenticate, a cybersecurity company based in Santa Barbara. And we replace keys, passwords, all the annoying security products with an easy-to-use smartphone app. It's usually the team when you're a startup. The team is what matters the most. And um, my co-founder Chad has is you know one of the cybersecurity industry's experts. He's he's got a PhD in cybersecurity and spent his whole life uh, breaking systems. You know, working for the government at MIT Lincoln Lab. So it's more more of like the story of the company and. And how the how we came to you know come up with the technology and everything that's that's what our cust so our customers usually believe in the team for now they believe in the team that's what they're looking at and then once they start using our product one cool thing is that we we can we offer you know free trial and during that free trial most companies have their own uh, CIOs or CISOs doing a bunch of tests on us you know before accepting a vendor they have to run Uh, a lot of evaluations and stuff and usually our scores come up to be pretty good and that's how they trust us so uh, i mean a part of that most security products uh you know you have to get certified and and go through the certification so i guess that will help us too but for now it's you know they do their own research there they trust their security people within the company whether that's a cio or a ciso or an it manager and then we just have to convince those people that we're good, and they believe us and they trust us.
0: And where are you guys today? And where do you dream of being a year from now as a company?
3: Yeah. So today we have some pain customers in town. So we we try to handpick our customers and only have people in town. Uh, and that's because it's a security product. You definitely don't want to you don't want to run before you could walk. So we we were making sure that we can support our customers and they're trusting us with their security. So want to make sure we can, we can deliver. So today we have a uh, sales ready product. So we're, we're selling our product. We're confident to sell the product to not non-friendly customers. So people, we don't really know. And just like, yeah, we're, so we're in that stage. And because, because our product has a hardware part and a software part. So today we're, able to offer the passwordless uh, authentication solution, which means not only you can get into your office without your keys, but only using your phone, but now we can also unlock your computer with your phone. So that's that's the cool part. And that's the, the newly you know, released uh, part of our product. So that's where we are today. In a year, we we'll like to see our customers using the full suite of our product. So you know, get into the office with phone in the pocket, no keys, no smart cards. Sit on their desk without typing any passwords, or just phone speaks to computer and unlocks everything. But also use it for their SSH keys management and all that. So having our customers use the full the full suite of products.
0: And have you raised money? How are you funding everything?
3: Yes, we raised the pre-seed round last summer from from local angels. And uh, we also did a friend and family round, so we've raised about eight hundred thousand, and that was enough money to, you know, have us hire some folks and get an office space where is where I am right now. And we raised the pre-seed. We're gonna raise our seed round uh, at the end of the year, so maybe December or January.
1: Hi, this is Daniel Leviskin with Topia. I'm the CEO and co-founder, and we are evolving how people socialize online based in West Hollywood. So we have two primary investors. One is 776 that I already talked about. Uh, The other is Bonfire Ventures, who is an LA-based VC firm that traditionally actually focuses on B2B investments. Topia is a little bit of a complex organism, and we have... B2C. We have B2B elements. We also have a a vibrant creator ecosystem. But what's really important to us is having a viable business model so that we're never ad-based, unlike most social media. And so Bonfire are experts at business models, at sales structures, business development, partnerships. Um, They're they're an amazing team. I can't recommend them highly enough, even if you're not a traditional B2B company. If you want to have a good business model, Bonfire is the way to go. And, uh, you know, it helps that they're L.A. based. They have a very similar perspective to how we think about the world. Um, You know, diversity of perspective. They have amazing connections and resources. And so, you know, I I recommend for anybody that's in L.A. to get yourselves an L.A. VC if you're going the VC route, um, because often they'll be really helpful.
0: Speaking of Miami, why LA? Because a lot of people have been talking about Miami during the pandemic. There was a mass exodus to Austin, and then there's a huge inflow. It seems like all of Gen Z has moved to Los Angeles. So, so why, why LA for tech? Why is this the city to grow a company?
1: We're trying to evolve how people socialize, but we're also building the fun layer of the internet. And in many ways, you know, if you're gonna build financial technology, you should be in New York. If you're gonna build developer tools, you should be where the developers are which is in San Francisco at least historically if you're building fun and entertaining software there's no better place than LA one of the reasons for that and i've lived in new york san francisco la each for for many years one of the things that's very unique about la is uh, the diversity of perspective right and you have when you go to a party in san francisco almost everybody's in tech when you go to a party in new york most people are in finance When you go to a party in L.A., you have a really interesting mix of technology people, musicians, artists, uh, creative types, finance people as well are here. When you're building something that's meant to be for everybody, it's really interesting to have your social circle, the people that you're talking to about what you're building, be everybody. 100%
0: agree. I mean, I'm in a a lot of YouTube uh, communities, and even a lot of YouTubers are like, I need to move to L.A. just to meet other people. That They'll share with me that the city that they live in, there's nobody that does what they do. And here in L.A., we're so it's so abundant that we have so many tech people, so many people in Hollywood, so many people in YouTube, so many people in all the creator economy and I'm like, what do you mean? there's no one I can't even imagine a reality that no one does these things because it's all I'm surrounded by
1: that's really great and you know the other thing that uh, I personally believe in is creators right and those are creative types, but it's people that are uh, that are artists musicians, anything that's that's really Uh, what it means to be human, which I I believe is the creative lens. You know, as we think about the future and artificial intelligence, the integration of different technologies, like bionic implants into our minds, all sorts of crazy stuff that's coming, it's going to be really hard to uh, replace human creativity. And so it's actually something that we really should be focused on making viable and not just like the top 1% of creators, but how does somebody that's uh, an ordinary artist make a living being an artist. Uh, it's the kind of thing that growing up, I was sort of under the impression that you can't be an artist and have any kind of financial independence or freedom. And I think what we've seen over the last couple years is a massive shift in that with different creator economies, things like Twitch, uh, for example, that allow you to be a game player artist, right? Different f- Different types of creativity, different types of art are now not just being encouraged, but are becoming viable career paths. Um, And, and you, you know, young people, future generations are seeing that and saying, Hey, I don't need to be a doctor or a lawyer or a software engineer in order to have financial independence. I can be a creative. That's amazing. And I think that the epicenter for a lot of that is Los Angeles.